Hi, I'm Dr. Akiva Down. And I'm Rabbi Avi Green. And welcome to Interesting Questions. In this podcast, we'll be addressing issues that are philosophical, religious, and psychological in nature. We will be focusing on that which is considered to be controversial, and there may not be a right or wrong answer. So we are hoping that our discussions will yield more questions for your Shabbos table. Shavua Tov, and welcome back to Interesting Questions. Today we are on the fourth parak of Pirkei Avot, Mishnah Yutet, Mishnah 19. Rabbi Yanai Omer, Rabbi Yanai would say, "Ein biadenu lo mishalvat harshaim va'af lo misure hatzadikim." It is not up to us. It is not in our hands whether there is tranquility for the evil, nor whether there is suffering for the righteous. And I think this is this is very relevant. Akiva, at the time that we're recording it, um, because we have just uh, observed a time where there were Israeli hostages who were released, uh, innocents, we presume, and there were Palestinians who were released from jail in exchange. And one might say, God, I don't understand. Here are these righteous. Why were they? Why would they have to have gone through this in any way, shape, or form? And why would these evil people be let out of jail? And the Mishnah is suggesting it's not up to us. It may be. It may not be possible for us to understand it. And I think this goes back to something we've talked about over the course of the podcast, which is it isn't necessarily a bigger plan that we can see and understand. It may be too big for us. And therefore, when we look at the small part of it that we can see, it's clearly un... un it's, not, it's not understandable to us. Any thoughts on that? Nothing, nothing really all that new, quite frankly. It's, it is, it's, it's a, it's not our place to understand and even to suggest that we would point out that it's not our place to understand is already, I think, almost too much because it just, it's one of those platitudes, right? It's that whole concept that God has a plan. Well, that's great. Even to suggest that, and even to make that statement alone, doesn't provide any comfort. The only thing it does is suggest our complete lack of understanding. And really, this, this brings back into that piece of, uh, really, bitachon. And uh, you know, faith, belief. Belief that in Emmet, belief in truth that uh, we might not be made to figure any of this stuff out, and 
at best, we shouldn't try and venture a guess. And I want to suggest as we move on to the next Mishnah that perhaps Rabbi Matya is giving us some advice in at least the actions we can do to try and understand. Rabbi Matya ben Harash Omer, Rabbi Matya ben Harash says, Heve makdim bishlom kol adam be the first, be the initiate in saying hello to every person. Veheve zanav arayot and be a tail to lions, rosh the shualim, but and do not be a head to foxes. So there's obviously some metaphor here, where he's talking about the importance of being a tail to foxes. Better to be last in the a, a tail to lions. I'm sorry, a tail to lions. Better to be the the last in the in, in on the good team than the first on the on on the bad team. Right? And by teams, we're talking about people who are doing what is right and good in the world versus those who are doing that which is not. Um, and sometimes we think about, well, if I just took this shortcut or if I just did, you know, what everybody else is doing and it seems to be okay, wouldn't that be all right? And I could get so much further ahead if I just took this one small shortcut. And, and Chazal remind us, in this case Rabbi Machia reminds us, no, no, sir, right? Better to be last in the group of those who are righteous than first in the group that is not. Your thoughts, Akiva? So at the bottom of, at the, at the, bottom of the art scroll, the, the commentary suggests that the foxes refers to the, the common people. And I think it's very unique the way that they have depicted this. They said that the Ariot, the lions, are righteous, which, okay, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily fully can get on board with that, because I think usually when we think of Ariot, we think of, of proud and, and standing strong and I don't know if that's necessarily akin to righteousness, although righteous, we would hope, would stand tall and strong and proud. And and foxes, I mean, we usually think of foxes as cunning, uh, you know, tricksters. Um, although what I think is interesting is I have, I, I'm not, Avi, maybe you can help out with this a little bit, because I know that other cultures, other belief systems, view the fox as a uh, a cunning and or a trickster of an animal. But um, I don't necessarily know about anything in our belief system that refers to, to foxes much in any way. And so I'm wondering, I guess, is this, is this uh, coming from um, influence from other cultures, this particular statement, at the time it was written? Do we know? It, it very well may be, in addition to the fact that it is you know, if, even if they were simply looking at the the hierarchy of predator to prey, right? So the lion is called the king of the jungle for a reason. Um, and by the way, please, when you think of lion, they were not thinking of uh, the the African lions with the large manes. That is not what they meant, despite the fact that every Jewish day school that has a lion as their mascot uses that as the mascot. 
really they're talking about mountain lions, which were found in Israel at the time. Um, but they would be the ones who would pursue and still be sort of at the top of that food chain, whereas foxes may very well be closer to the bottom, where they would come by and pick off of what other animals had already uh, killed for themselves. Well, that, that certainly exhausts my knowledge of zoology because I, did, I, I didn't think foxes were scavengers. Suffice it to say, uh, whether we're talking common people or um, people who are, who are tricksters, who are cunning, I think either way, right, that message in some ways is clear. So, I mean, it, it makes sense to me. I just I think it's very interesting the the piece that I think is missed with this is is that bridge, right? So and maybe that's the tale, but the bridge between those who are the leaders, which presumably the the head of the of the Ariot would be the leadership in an ideal situation, and you would hope that they would be righteous. You would hope that they would stand tall and proud and be in control, and but the common people need a bridge. They need an example. They need someone that they can look at and say, okay, this is someone who can speak for us, who can create that bridge of, okay, not quite the, the leadership, but certainly not uh, in the most simple of the, of the, not the Amaretz of the common folk. It's, it's just, it, to me, this is a very interesting piece in that not in the piece that, in the information that it's sharing, because that okay, but all of the other pieces that come up with this, within this idea of where we came about this, and uh, suffice to say, okay, so so uh, Google says foxes are scavengers. Yeah. Uh, so Google it is, but even still. Where's the where's the third piece, right? So this to me, where's the in between? Yeah. Is that what you're wondering? Yeah, and 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 really, we know that Pierre Avot, so many of them, as we've seen, there's a there's a set of thirds, even if it, whether it's a multiple, whether it's three, this is clearly two, and maybe that's the point. Maybe we are to intuit the third piece of the in between, which would be maybe the body. That would make sense. Let's move on to the next Mishnah. Mishnah 21, Chaf Aleph. Rabbi Yaakov Omer, Rabbi Yaakov says, Ha'olam hazeh domeh leproz dor, b'fnei ha'olam haba. This world is like a corridor leading to the world to come. Hatkein atzmecha beproz dor, prepare yourself in the corridor, k'dei she'itikanes litraklin in order that you may be prepared to enter the banquet hall. Avi, I'm going to suggest that we combine 21 and 22 together because I think that they fit very nicely. Um, so Great. I'll, I'll, take the, I'll take the reading for every once in a while, you know, pepper it in. Hu Omer, he would say, Yafa sha'a better one hour bichuva of repentance 
ומעשים טובים וגוד דידס בעולם הזה, this world, מכל חיי העולם הבא, than the entire life of the world to come. ויפה שעה אחת של קורת רוח בעולם הבא, and better, one hour of spiritual bliss in the world to come, מכל חיי העולם הזה, than the entire life of this world. So I think these two combine very nicely because it talks about that this world is like the preparation for the world to come and that we should rather that we do a repentance as we prepare, right? We correct our mistakes uh, as we prepare and, and do good deeds in this world. And then in the world to come, we should have the opportunity to enjoy the banquet hall, as it were. Uh, but it's interesting. Let's let's talk about this last piece specifically, Avi. Maybe you can get into this a little bit more. Why is it better to have one hour of spiritual bliss in the world to come than have spiritual bliss in this world, especially when one would presume that spiritual bliss would imply doing things like Masim Tovim and where necessary chuva? Because I think I would argue that you can still have uh, spiritual bliss, even if you've made mistakes, because tshuva is this wonderful opportunity to correct your mistakes. So clearly I'm only speculating, since I have not been to Olam Haba. Well, I imagine that they were speculating as well. But it's talking about tshuva being one hour of tshuva and ma'asim tovim being better than a full lifetime of Olam Haba. And that an hour of Olam Haba is better than all of this current life. And I have to imagine that's because if we imagine Olam Haba as being the reward for the good deeds that we've done, right? That tshuva that we've done to prepare ourselves to get ourselves ready for Olam Haba and then arriving and being able to take advantage of all that Olam Haba has to offer... It's better than, than what life currently is because a, as much as life may include many positives, both mitzvot and physical pleasures and spiritual pleasures and opportunities, it invariably must also include some difficulties because you can't enjoy the positive without ever having had any negative. And so... There are terrible circumstances that we may undergo in this life, despite all of the positives that we have. And so perhaps it's the idea that in Olam Haba, those don't exist. There isn't any of the negative. There's only the positive. And so if that's the case, then even one hour of Olam Haba is better than the... the, the, the parivness of regular life. You, you're giving me a look like I'm being too negative. I don't think you're being negative enough, actually. I think that, uh, you know, if the idea in, in Mishnah Chavalath that basically what we prepare for is what we get, 
So what we what we prepare in this world is what we the the rewards we reap in Olam Haba, which that seems to be a pretty consistent statement. Again, no one has been able to tell us about this, but that seems to be the statement. Then, if you didn't prepare well, why would you look forward to the world to come? Because you didn't prepare properly here. I I don't think. It's saying prepare as in you didn't prepare for Shabbat and now there's no food in the house to eat. I think it means here it, it is, a, again, a, a mashal, an analogy. It's saying by preparation they're talking about teshuvah. And so if we understand the idea that everyone has a chilek in olam haba, everyone has a portion of olam haba that they get to enjoy, then might one want a larger portion than a smaller portion. But whatever portion you get is delicious, is wonderful, is fantastic. And so even if it's just one hour of Olam Haba, that is fantastic in comparison to what life today is like. So I get that. I just, I I think that I question the necessity of the concept because we constantly hear that all of these wonderful tzaddikim who really live to the fullest, to their best potential in this world, we have this idea, this belief that they will have this a wonderful portion in Olam Abba. So it, it seems almost unnecessary to suggest that, again, if you... And yet these tzaddikim that we discuss, whether it be the avot and imahot, whether it be more recent tzaddikim, they all have tragedy in their lives. They all have difficulty in their lives. They all undergo challenges. And so to say you get to have olam haba with none of those, with only the positive, would seem to be the plus versus the life that you lead in Olam Hazeh, which is challenging at times, and difficult at times, and painful at times. I think we're saying the same thing, but I think we're also talking about something different. Because I think, I, I, I agree with you, I, there are, there, there's nothing to say that just because you do tshuva and you have and you do good deeds. There's nothing to say that in this world you won't have pain and discomfort and tragedy and hardship. Uh, I agree absolutely. We know that to be true. We see that on a regular basis. Far too many examples to name, and I and I don't even think that I would do them justice if I began to name them. And at the same time. Is this really the question, though? Is the question whether or not you'll have in Olam Abba? Is the question really whether or not the the experience is, is blissful, is meaningful, is positive? Not just is it, but how much is it? Well, I, I it's, think that it's, it's how much, but not the question of is it. It's so powerful that just one hour of Olam Haba is better than 
any and all pleasure and wonderfulness that you've had in this life is what it's suggesting. As we're talking more about this, I have to say, Avi, that this reminds me of kind of what we're taught not to do um, when we're working with people who we want to, to work on recovery, right? One of the things that we know is not an effective thing to say is you'll feel better not getting high because anybody who's struggled with substance use knows that that high is worth chasing, that high is worth fighting for, that high is worth all the pain that you experience until you realize that it isn't. And so what's interesting is is this is, again, this is the idea of, you know, when, you, when we're teaching children about substance use and, and why they shouldn't use drugs, right? What's, what's the one big thing that we say don't do? We say don't scare them because when you scare, use scare tactics and they turn out to be untrue, then what happens? Well, they say, well, this is, I, I, I smoked marijuana and nothing terrible happened. In fact, it was kind of neat. My parents were lying to me wonder what else they were lying about. This, this feels a little bit the same. Do, do good stuff now and it'll pay off later? And nothing is better than, than what's to come? It's, it seems like it almost could be the ultimate cheat. I hear your concern, Akiva, and I don't have a good answer for it. I, I think you're right in the sense that with no way to check and no way to go back, right, the, the, the other piece I'm concerned about is that somebody would say, well, great, if this life is so terrible, and I believe this life is terrible or it feels terrible right now, let me go to Olam Haba now and find a way to do that. Um, and I don't believe that's what Rabbi Yaakov wanted, um, but perhaps he didn't have the experience in the background that, or the training that you have in terms of knowing not just to give someone hope, but to also be careful in what you promise. So it's time for your question around the Shabbos table. And the question goes back to one of the first Mishnayot that we learned on the podcast, which is the idea of Heve Makdim B'Shalom. Always be the first person to initiate a greeting. And think about your morning. Think about who you see. There are many people in this world who sometimes, unfortunately, go unnoticed whether it's the barista, whether it's the security guard, whether it's the cleaning person. Think about who you see first thing in the morning and how can you initiate a greeting to them. Learn their name. Tell them how much you appreciate what they do. How can you be the one to initiate that greeting in the morning? Thank you for listening. If you'd like to reach us, you can reach us at iqdiscuss at gmail.com.
We look forward to hearing from you and responding.